I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Hey everyone, welcome to Behind the Gorilla, and uh, we're having a pretty rough, a pretty rough Sunday here. We record these on Sundays, and uh, all of our sports teams suck. So it's uh, it's been a rough day. So I'm I'm counting on Harris here to bring us up, bring us into the oh, positive man. light, and uh, you know make make it a good day. Well, I'll do my best. I'm pretty happy with this episode. Um, it's something I've wanted to do for a minute, and it worked out well for you and i'll tell you why in a minute and it actually turned out to be more interesting than i thought it would be okay. but first of all mark 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 we have to talk about the biggest thing that happened in wrestling this weekend yeah we and, do and i'm not talking about the super house showdown under <laughs> i didn't watch it no. i kind of saw what happened you didn't i, I did I go really back and i did none I did of it matters it. i'm talking about Connor Khabib, dude. Yes. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen a double turn like that in real life? Ne- in terms of general public perception, I've never even heard of anything like this before. It was amazing. It was oh my awesome. Word. I almost skipped it, dude. Like I came back from the Georgia game, which was at seven thirty. So I got home at about midnight, twelve thirty, and right. I thought, you know, I don't really like. It'll probably just be like, you know, Khabib will probably wear him down and. You know, like right. pin him in one of the later rounds, and it'll be like fine. But do which, I really want to get four hours much, of sleep tonight to see that happen? Which kind of is and what happened. Did, but. And oh my word, it was amazing. <laughs> and well, you weren't far off. I mean, that's mostly what happened, right? Uh, like in terms of the fight, yeah. And you know, I was watching, hoping, like I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Connor knock him out. I thought that would right. be fun, but. When it happened, I was like, okay, well, that was like that was a good athletic showing. Right. And, you know, Khabib did an, like, that was a masterful performance. He oh, just shut him oh, down, yeah. wouldn't let him box with him, and just overpowered him. And I was like, okay, well, you know, good for him. He seems like he's been, like, kind of annoyed, and he's like a really honorable, kind of stoic guy. And yeah. I respect him for, oh, oh, God, oh, God, <laughs> what is he doing? Oh, no. Oh, no. He's. Uh. Yeah. The best thing on Twitter was somebody put Jr. and Jerry's audio <laughs> over it. It was like, oh, God, no, don't do this. Don't uh, do this. No, oh, God, that man has a family. Like, it was it was, it amazing. was amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was great. And and all the all the UFC people just constantly bemoaning how horrible this is for the sport. And all the wrestling people no. are like, this is amazing. This happened in real life. Well, Nobody with half a brain actually thinks it's bad for the sport. You just have to no, say that no. so you can cover your butt. No, it's not bad at all. Like, no, no, it's, no, great it's for the not. Uh, I'm not saying it should have happened. No, it definitely should not have happened. But no, absolutely. And I'm not, not saying for that it's a good di- thing. I literally, or, like, it wasn't good. But but as far as the sport goes, are you kidding me? This is like fantastic. Oh, Anything brilliant. that is that makes UFC go on the news, short of like maybe like a fighter killing another person is, is going right. to be a good thing. Yes. I mean, compared to like the domestic violence stuff right, they've right, had in right. the past, or you see somewhere like the NFL. I mean, my goodness. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that's what like in, obviously this is not an MMA show and we're both super casual MMA fans, true. but like the reason I bring this up is it is just wrestling. Yeah. It's just life is wrestling. This like, happens every this single Monday night. Yeah. I mean, it was just it. It was a double turn, 
It was like one of the best double it turns was. I've ever it seen. Was. Because Conor McGregor goes in there, and he, but it was like a backwards double turn. Because when I yeah. think of a double turn, I think of like Austin. Right, well, right. Well, no, I guess it's not, actually. Well, it's basically it, just WrestleMania 13. It wasn't, like, Conor but, goes but, in there, and he's cocky, and he's defiant. But at the same just, time, Conor was the face the whole time. Even though he was playing what? the heel, he was the right. face. And so, right, so just, it wasn't like, necessarily a straight double turn. But, but I get, yeah, I get what you're saying, though. But like, I think a lot of people wanted Conor to win, but like the public perception was like, oh yeah, Conor McGregor, you know, he's he's kind of a jackass. And like, if he wins, he wins, and if not, like, hey, good for the like. Khabib has been a good, solid, right. like, you know, respectable champion. And if right. he wins, then good for him because he's this like stoic warrior and he deserves it. And it just completely flipped. You have Connor sitting there on the ground, and he's like, you know, like he said it on Instagram. He's like, hey, that was a good knock. I can't wait to do that again. Yeah. And that's it. He's just like, all right, well, you know, you, you beat me. Well done, man to man. Yeah. And Khabib is just like, no, I have to keep fighting. I have to keep <laughs> smashing people. Yeah, I know. That, that, that's one amazing. thing. And I know I know you saw it, but that's one thing that I put on Twitter about Connor is Connor's a dick. He is. He, he's a straight-up dick, but he's a, he does it on purpose. Because he's all about selling the fight and promoting right. himself. And so it, all his ridiculous antics are usually a bunch of bull crap. It's professional and wrestling. What... And, and it works. But, but, at the same, but then at the end of every fight, he always, especially when he loses the handful of times, he's always just moved on. He doesn't, he doesn't harbor anything. He doesn't, he, he doesn't really make excuses or power no. for the most part. Like if he... If he thinks he can beat you again, like given a second shot, he won't keep that a secret. Right, right. But he's not gonna like he doesn't he doesn't play the heel when he loses. Right. Exactly. And I think I was thinking about this too. Like this is I think what gives a lot of people uh, what the difference that a lot of people see is that all of the stuff Connor does, you're right. He does before the fight. He does outside of the ring, right? In order to get well, except in his for uh, except for and Khabib. He got, like what? Except in this instance, not not exactly. Right. Well, are you talking about? He did he was, go to jail. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but you know. So that was. I mean, and that, that's what a lot of people pointed to, or they're like, "Okay, but we're just going to forget about this," <laughs> and it's like, "Well, no, well, no, of course not." But even then. Again, part of that is because it's so you're like, oh, yeah, well, he's an idiot. He shouldn't have thrown a hand truck at a bus full of people. That's really irresponsible. But there is a part of your brain that's just like, yeah, but is he working this out? Because he just wants to, you know, be a big character and sell the fight. Yeah. yeah. What Conor McGregor's not going to do is knock you out in the fourth round and then go fight your team. Because at that <laughs> point, you did it. Like, right. you won. The mm-hmm. fight's over, and that's what's so amazing to me, and that's what makes this such, this makes this such a great wrestling story. And if, if one of our like four listeners is like a hardcore <laughs> Conor McGregor hater, they've already turned this off. So I right, 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 right. <laughs> but like, this was just so fascinating to me. Like from a storytelling, from like watching the story play out, he could be one. Like yeah. he smashed him. I mean, Conor put up like a good fight, but he was never that close to winning. No, and in no. the end, he just shut him down. He did. And all you have to do is stand up and say, that's what happens when you disrespect me. I'm the champ, and don't you forget it. And yep. you've won. Yep. And everyone respects you, and you did it. Yep. And he, like, he, Connor is so in his head that he can't. 
he can't stop. He can't turn it off because he beat him up and it wasn't enough. Yep. It's crazy. That's how, like, he, he won the match, but he lost himself, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like John Gargano. <laughs> it it's is. Amazing. It is. It is. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's great. All right. Well, I'm going to take this opportunity to segue then into my topic because we're actually touching on it a little bit with the idea of oh, perfect. A, a, a wrestler coming back from a long retirement or, like, one last ride, or in this case, one ride, Back in WWE, and I'm talking about the man called Sting. Now, don't worry, Mark. We're not going to get into his WWE run too much. Okay, good. Because I don't want this podcast to be three hours of you just yelling. Yeah, I would not be happy. (laughs) We'll do that again sometime. No, we won't. But I I say all that, you know, I didn't start watching wrestling until 2014. So when Sting debuted, like, I had heard, like, rumors that he might be coming because he's in the video game, and that was kind of like, you know, the first wave in the rumor mill, and it still kind of is, like they did the same thing with Goldberg, but he appeared at that Survivor Series, and the way they sold it, the way everyone reacted, and just the the presence that he had, I was like, okay, yeah, this guy's a big deal. I'm really into this. This is really cool. And he had a match at WrestleMania that we're not going to talk about. And then later that summer, he starts a feud with the champ Seth Rollins. And I'm not going to get into the weirdness that was this feud, except to say that there was a moment where Seth Rollins had a statue commemorated of himself, and Sting stole it, cut a promo taunting him, and threw the thing in a trash compactor, like in the back of a garbage truck. To be honest, I completely people, forgot about that. It's not that memorable. To I totally You're forgot that, that that Summer happened. Match, and it was, it was fine. Like, it's, you know, Seth Rollins was a ratty little heel, and it was fun to see somebody, you know, take the piss out of him. Like, that was just, that, it was an entertaining segment, but nothing super special. But one thing stood out to me when that happened, and I was reading the comments on it, and somebody in the comment section of that that video said, oh, man, you guys, it looks like we're going to have Joker Sting again. Ooh, yeah. And I thought, Joker Sting? Man, you missed that. (laughs) And I looked that up. Yep. And I saw that picture, and I thought, wow, I really want to learn more about this sometime. Nice. So today I did that. We're going back to back TNA. The Daily Motion rabbit hole, not the YouTube rabbit hole, the Daily Motion rabbit hole of the insane icon, Joker Sting. Yes. And this is something, I'm curious to get your opinion on this because you clearly know a little bit about it. Oh, yeah. No, I watched all through this. Okay, excellent, excellent. So you're familiar with this. This is going to be yep. a lot of me. Like I haven't thought about it in forever. Think. I totally forgot about it. That should have been on my list of stuff to talk about because I totally forgot about that. And yes, that is perfect for our show. Absolutely. Okay, well, I'm glad you agree. So this is like, obviously, Sting has always kind of been like a colorful character, a face-painted guy. If you, you know... If if you're not familiar with him by some chance, if you don't know a lot about wrestling and you're just do not even show, no, no 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 don't don't even explain it to people. If if you're okay. listening to this show and you don't know who Sting is, shame on you and go away. Wow, that's you Sorry. shouldn't do that. I am going to do it. Have a large enough face. I don't care. I'm <laughs> going to do that. You can listening. go up and look. You need to go up and look up Sting on your own, and then come back and listen to us. <laughs> anyway, keeping it real. Sting is, you know, so Sting, anyway, when he when he first made this pivot from colorful, kind of beach blonde, like, surfer Sting 
to the Crows thing. Awesome. It was so, like, transparently a knockoff of the movie The Crow. Yes. It's the white face paint, kind of gothic looking. It's like, and, and it worked really well because at the time he made that transition in the 90s was when, like, NWO was overrunning WCW. And Sting takes on this, you know, vigilante persona, and it's dark, and it's brooding, and it's real edgy, which is what everyone loved in the 90s. And nobody awesome. cared. He did it so well that nobody cared that it was a really blatant ripoff of the look from the movie The Crow, right? But I feel like with Joker's thing, everyone kind of just hated it. And that's, that's just the impression that I was getting like when I first read about it. Like That first comment was like, oh, no, here we go. It's Joker's thing again. And Sting, at his own Hall of Fame induction, this is the first thing I watched <laughs> when I was researching this topic. He said, yeah, you know, I've got to have a lot of fun doing a lot of things. Uh, a Joker Sting, am I allowed to mention that? And everybody kind of <laughs> went, oh, ha, 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 ha. And he went, I had a lot of fun playing Joker Sting. <laughs> anyway, and he goes on with his acceptance speech. But I was really, like, apprehensive going into this and thinking, okay, this is going to be really dumb, like, for sure. This is going to be some transparent attempt, you know, half-assed TNA production, trying to cash in on, like, the popularity of Heath Ledger and the Joker. And Boy, I was were you really wrong. surprised <laughs> to find out that I really like this angle a lot. I really enjoy this thing. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm not watching it live. Like, I got the condensed version with some of the less dumb stuff. Maybe, I'll be honest, it might be because when I think of TNA, the bar is pretty low when I approach it. Telling so you, it, you, it was easily you, met. You need to watch more stuff and raise that bar. Because there, there was a this bar good, before, before it dropped. This is a good start. I mean, I didn't hate it. So, it's just, it, I'll go ahead and get into the story where I began. Because it mostly revolves around one title program and at the very end kind of tapers off into another one and you can probably now uh, before before you get started are you going to go all the way back and start with heel sting no and go through this whole thing because that was a big part of this whole transition okay i i believe i believe so i believe all this started with him turning heel on hogan and bischoff but then in the end it was actually Hogan and Bischoff that were the heels the whole time, and Sting was right the whole time, and nobody believed him. So he actually wasn't a heel. And I believe that segued into the whole Joker Sting. I believe. I could be wrong. I could be uh, mixing no. up dates, but I believe it, it did. That, that sounds like the kind of convoluted crap that would happen with Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan in charge of the show. I don't know <laughs> if that's true for a fact. What I do know is my introduction to this story and those of you listening, if you don't know it as well as Mark does, starts with Sting as the champion. And he's got a title program set up with uh, Mr. Kennedy slash Mr. Anderson. Ken Anderson, I think, is what they're calling him at this point. But, you know, it's I, Mr. I Anderson. And time. Mr. Anderson is awesome. Mr. Kennedy was he, vastly underrated wrestler. I don't know a lot about him other than that. Like, he's very well respected. But from what I saw just in this the build-up to this program was really good because he's, he's all about, like, the promos, right, and the mind games, and, like, he's a really interesting character. And maybe not mind games, but in this case, he is playing mind games on Sting. Like, he, he is ambushing him dressed as the old-school Stinger. He's got his hair slicked back and, like, the kind of rainbow-colored face paint on kind of across his, like, 
like the kind of thing that teamed up with the Shockmaster, you know, that kind of vintage thing for a little uh, behind-the-gorilla throwback. And he's, he's getting this thing, which is pretty interesting. Like, he just won't stop. He keeps poking the bear, poking the bear, poking the bear. And finally, Sting, one day leading up to this title match, he just snaps. And he says, you want to mock me? You want to mock me? Here, do it. And he chokes Mr. Anderson out and smears his own face paint all over. You know, he's saying, like, if you're going to do the look, then get it right. And it's like this cartoonish, twisted, like, messy, bloody-looking smile of red paint over Mr. Anderson's, like, unconscious body. And you're like, whoa. That was kind of a dark place for Sting to go to right there. That was pretty weird. But anyway, on to the title match, and Sting loses. He loses the title because Mr. Anderson is a part of Immortal. This is the authority faction in TNA at the time, and you I know you know all about this, but this is this is Bischoff and Hogan basically okay, just, treating the just, company. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt sorry. you, but yeah. I, I just wanted to make sure, and, and this did come on the tail end of him turning heel. Um, that makes sense. That makes it, sense. It, it, was, it was kind of, it was like a year after, I believe. So it's kind of around. Or it, it happened, I guess it happened right after that, what I'm looking at right now. Okay, and I can, like, I can see that, because you can tell, like, he's very familiar with Immortal, and they've had issues like beef going on for a while. I just didn't have a chance to go through, you know, all of their history. Because at this point, Sting is still, like, straight-laced, the crow as he's been for like 10 plus years sting he's he's known he's recognizable and he's very serious and after he loses his title match after he gets screwed out of his title by immortal he starts to crack up a little bit and he goes to hogan's office and he says look terry like let's let's not play games here and i'm paraphrasing this do the right thing here you know you screwed me out of my title Give me another shot. Like, I'm not, I'm not coming in here. It, and he's standing in his office with no face paint on. Like, they're clearly trying to paint this picture of, like, no, no, no. This is, like, Terry Bollea, the man. And this is, this is Steve Borden, the man. And they're just talking it out, you know, which whether that works or not, you've got to suspend your disbelief. But Hogan is like, no, I'm not going to help you out. I don't, I don't care about you. Like, no, we, we took the title off you for a reason. I'm not giving you another shot. I don't have to. And Sting says, okay, okay, you know what? No, I want, to, I want to talk to the real Hulk Hogan again. You want, to have your, you want to play your character. You want to play your facade. That's fine. Here, let me show you some of this. And he does the same thing. He assaults Hogan. He knocks him back on his chair. And the way the camera editing is done, like TNA, I didn't know this, but they film a lot of backstage segments like, you know, like Lucha Underground. Like they're all pre-taped like vignettes of people just kind of hanging out in back offices like it's a reality TV show, which is kind of interesting. So you can't quite see what he's doing, and it's meant to evoke, you know, like something that like Heath Ledger does when he mutilates a man's face in the dark night. He's smearing the face paint on Hogan, and he's saying things like, you know, you, you want to hide behind your mask, you want to hide behind your identity, you have a choice. You have a power to change this, so make the choice. And it, I, I'm not going to do the performance, it's very clearly like trying to be evocative of like this tortured kind of Heath Ledger Joker, but it works and it is genuinely a little bit unsettling. And it's kind of because they set it up where it's like, Oh, this isn't Sting, the painted wrestler. Like, no, this is just a guy standing in his office with no face paint on and he's having a mental breakdown and he's like assaulting his boss and like deforming him. And it's this vaguely un like, 
I, I thought it worked really well in terms of, like, watching this man that you've known for so long, you know, as Sting the wrestler and staying, like, the respectable backstage guy, just kind of cracking up a little bit, right? And I don't know how well you remember this or how quickly it accelerates from this point on, but at this point he's almost fully gone. Like, his, his face paint has been getting a little bit more smeared now, like, each time you see him. He confronts Eric Bischoff in the ring and cuts another very good, very unhinged promo. And this is where we segue perfectly into your other podcast, where um, you talk about Batman. There we go, cross-promotion. jokers that he has faced. Yeah, absolutely. I did this for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uncaped Crusaders Review on Twitter, at Uncaped Review. Also, uh, right. leave us a five-star review on iTunes, because we have none. <laughs> I will do that as soon as we finish recording. Oh, perfect. So, and he does a really good job of being unsettling, because it's not just a straight Heath Ledger knock. Like, it reminds you a little bit, if, you know, the rest of y'all are familiar with Batman, you'll understand. Like, he's got a little bit of Cesar Romero in him. That's kind of what you recognize, too. It's a cross between Cesar Romero's Joker and the Heath Ledger Joker, and a little bit of Mark Hamill. And it's a really interesting, like, take on this unhinged character. And one of, like, one of the things he does over and over that I really appreciate is he gets really emotionally vulnerable. Like, he feels like a real crazy person, not just wrestling crazy, because there's multiple times where he'll be cutting a promo on someone and he's reduced almost to tears. And it's a weird thing. It reminds me of Mick Foley. Like, it's not something you see a lot in wrestling, but that, like, pathos that he generates, because he's literally, he's like, you, you cussed at me, Eric. You really hurt my feelings. And, like, again, I can't do the impression, but he literally sounds like he's just breaking down, like something has disconnected. And y'all should absolutely look some of these videos up, because I can't do his performance justice, but I was just shocked watching these videos so far at this point in the story and thinking... Man, he's doing a really good job pulling to, this off. To be honest, he also you... has he also has a good element of like Jim Carrey's Riddler also. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Absolutely. Like that kind of goofy uh yeah, like 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 what you were just talking about of like, you know, you you custom me type thing. That's like that's like a Jim Carrey Riddler moment type thing. It definitely yeah. Like, there's and just, I there's of so that many moving pieces too. with that character. Yeah. And I just, I think, like, part of it just is one of the reasons, like, if he just showed up and you've never heard of this guy before and he was doing this, it wouldn't be that interesting. It works really well, and this is actually tying it back in a little bit to UFC. The breakdown is so noticeable and so alarming because up until this point, you think of him as this really stoic guy. That's what I think of when I think of Sting. You know, like, he's, he's your... He's turned heel in the past, you know, but he is in a lot of ways. He really hasn't turned heel, really. I mean, really you can count the, right, N- the right. NWO Wolfpack thing, I guess, was technically heel, but even that, eh. Right. But, like but he's, he's, he's a, a serious, he's always been a serious character. Even when he was the surfer thing, he was still serious. He was just fun. Right. But he was always right, serious, exactly. always. So it's the fact that you see this character start to have a breakdown that it really sells because you you know it shouldn't be like this and it would be like watching john cena have a legit like kind of emotional psychological breakdown over the course of a couple months which 
I which, hate that I said that out loud because that would be amazing. It would be, to watch it would be amazing. Happen, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, that would be awesome. That'd be crazy. He right? needs to like, shave his hair again. Guy. That's another thing back to Super Showdown because he tagged with Bobby Lashley um, against uh, Owens and Elias. And yeah. he looks really weird with the hair with all his hair <laughs> did you see it's terrible on, i i hate it. On, it it's like combed over like he has enough hair yeah. to like comb it. it it looks he looks like a very weird like 13 year old boy that's huge i would bet i'd be willing to bet money that in like eight to nine months a new movie comes out starring john cena as someone who isn't like a super marine or a yeah. really buff john cena stereotype he's going to try to be like a real dramatic actor in some movie. And that's why he's grown. His hair out. Like <laughs> I mean, we're gonna oh, look back and be like, Oh wait, that's why. Oh, I know. I'm sure there's a reason for it, but it's just, it's just very unsettling. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Anyway, continue on. Anyway. So thing is selling the heck out of this. And I don't know. It, it works. I think too, because it's this weird, like twisted reflection of what you've seen from sting in the past, because TNA, when it goes down the crapper, is doing it because it repeats a lot of the mistakes that WCW makes. You know, they say, all right, well, we got to get all the old guys from WWE and we got to put them in the spotlight, even though they're kind of old and breaking down and they aren't that interesting. And they're going to, the show's going to be all about them week in and week out, every week. And Sting was the one who stepped in and was like, no, this is my company and I'm going to save it from you people. And that was a really like, great story that a lot of yep. people got behind. And now we're seeing the same thing happen again. It's Eric Bischoff in charge. Hulk Hogan and their immortal faction in charge. And now Sting, it's like they don't make any effort to really connect it to WCW other than the fact that he is just that you know that history. But I thought that was super interesting just to see him start cracking up. And now, you know, he wants his title back. He's going to war against Immortal, and he's doing a lot of the same things. He's wandering around with his baseball bat. He's beating up Hulk Hogan in the ring and saying things like, I want the real Hulkster to stand up again, and cracking at his knee with a baseball bat over and over again. And you think about, like, it's really weird that they call this faction Immortal because Hulk Hogan is clearly 75 and, like, can't stand up properly. <laughs> and right. That's a little weird. That took me out of it. But it's fine. You know, it's fine. Whatever. So he's he gets his match with Mr. Anderson for the title at a show that he has dubbed a Midsummer's Nightmare. I don't, I think, you know, somebody in marketing thought it was cute and said, sure, <laughs> things crazy, we'll just have him sell it. I don't, I don't hate it. It's a little eh, over the top, it's but it's not a pay-per-view. It's just, it's a date, you know, it's a TNA show. So Immortal says, you know, whatever, it's fine. It doesn't matter that you're staying and you flipped a little bit, you know, because we, we have the numbers here. We've got this big, powerful faction. There's like eight of us in the ring. And, yeah, you'll have your match tonight, Sting, but I'm pretty sure we all know something's going to go very wrong. And Sting appears, and he says, you know, I'm paraphrasing all this, obviously, but the gist of the idea is you're not going to screw me out of my title, not again, because I've got aces in the hole, and it cuts to the rafters, and it's like you're back in WCW, and it's clowns in trench coats. And again, it's like straight out of the Dark Knight. Like they have these really <laughs> freaky, like demonic, painted clown masks 
black trench coats, and they're just standing menacingly in the rafters. <laughs> and Immortal, like, freaks out, which is understandable. Cause That's Clown's very terrifying. understandable. <laughs> and Sting looks pretty freaky, too, but there's a part of you that's like, couldn't I just, like, beat Sting up right now and not... I don't know why they gave him the match at all, if they're the ones that are in charge and they're this powerful and, like, throwing their weight around. But the, the, the Clown's at Sting's direction spend the rest of the night just decimating Immortal. You know, so Wonderful. it starts with Abyss. And Abyss is cutting a promo, and I don't care what any of you do, and I'm this monster, and I'm getting a clown sneak up behind him <laughs> and lays him out. Hey, that, that sounds like, about it, right. It, it, sounds, it sounds sillier than it is. That's the thing. Like, when you hear that, you're like, oh, okay, like a clown is just running amok. It is genuinely, like, it's a good look. It, it's... Again, the Dark Knight is what I keep thinking of, like the heist at the very right. beginning where they all have the clown masks on. But it's very clearly like grown, very dangerous men behind them, and that just makes it all a little bit more unsettling. Right. That's kind of the vibe you get here. And they lay out Abyss. And then, you know, later in the show, you cut to Scott Steiner. And he's, he's hitting on some poor woman, and, it's, <laughs> you know, he's just the worst. He's telling her two clowns how, how perfect they are. He's telling her Beat the tar how perfect out of them with they their match up. And what? I was saying he's telling her how perfect they match up, and then then writing it out on the board on all the ways they match up and <laughs> oh, adding it together. I wish. No, he's, he's unbuttoning his shirt. He's like, "You want to see my bicep?" And she's like, "Oh, I don't know." And he's like, "Oh, do you want to see it back in my hotel room? That's fine. We can just go back right now." And she's like, "I don't know if we." If we should, he's like, no, you want me here? Fine. And he starts to unbutton his shirt. Clowns lay him out. Just, so so they the all clowns have, like, are the faces. They clubs, like riot cops, and they just, they just beat the snot out of him. The clowns are the faces. The That's what it sounds like. They're saving this. They're saving the woman. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're not. I mean, like, Sting is certainly not the heel at this point. He's <laughs> right. getting big pops from the crowd, even if a lot of them are, like, hyped in. Right. Um, yeah, like, Immortal is clearly being painted as, like, the heel authority. Of course. Point. Yeah. And they definitely um, were. to punctuate this, Jeff Jarrett says, oh, heck no, I'm not dealing with this. Uh, I'm just going to leave right now because <laughs> Jeff Jarrett is obviously the smartest man in wrestling <laughs> and says, I'm not going to stand around here and let these killer clowns beat me up. I'm going to Mexico because this kind of stuff doesn't happen in Mexico. <laughs> That's not me making a bad joke. That's literally what he says. And I'm not really sure. Like, That's that amazing. That episode. That might, that might be, be one of the best lines ever from anybody. I think that might be an episode in and of itself. I'm going to, to Mexico. Good like clowns don't attack you in Mexico. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. He does go to Mexico though, like for real. That's the funny I part. I want to know this. Sp- I feel like there's a whole episode in Jeff Jarrett's Mexican kick. I don't really know oh, why yeah. that was a theme for him. We probably well At all that rate, AAA stuff. Yeah, there was a lot that went on. Yeah, stuff. like he's, yeah. you know, so he's running out the door and his, his valet is behind him with her bag. And she's like, wait, wait for me, wait for me. And he cranks the carpet. And he's like, get in, throw it in the trunk, get in. And she opens the trunk and it's another clown. <laughs> and the clown leaps out of the trunk. She runs for her life. He just beats the slop out of Jeff Jarrett with a baseball bat. <laughs> lays him out over the trunk of his own car and runs away. Yes. So this is a... This is a really fun episode. I like any vigilante episodes like this are just a blast to watch as a wrestling fan. You know, like if it's if it's the Shield or it's Stone Cold Steve Austin or whoever, just laying waste to people backstage, like with an agenda, with a vendetta. 
it's a ton of fun. Well, yeah, that, that's why that like, original Crow Sting was so amazing because that's that's basically yeah, what he exactly. did for a like, year. He didn't have a single wrestling match. He would just come right. down and beat the snot out of the NWO and leave. Right, and that's like that's kind of they aren't again they aren't addressing that specifically, but that's kind of why this works so well because you you do associate that with Sting, and he is here fighting the authority figures, and he, he's doing it a different way, and he's obviously like a little crazy. But it's a really good combination of like new character development and working with a theme that like the audience understands really well. So again, I'm I'm shocked watching this, but I'm getting really into it. I'm like, oh man, this is a ton of fun. Like, what's going to happen next? And what happens next is uh, is Eric Bischoff takes the two guys he has left, and he says, "Hey, listen, starting to freak out here because we're running out of time, and I'm running out of bodies. So like, I don't care what you have to do." Take this guy out. And one of the henchmen is like, you know what? You're right. I'm tired of this. I'm not going to be the hunted anymore. I'm going to be the hunter. So what do you do in that situation? Like, do you prowl around the backstage area looking for clowns? Um, Since fleeing clearly isn't going to work and seducing random women isn't going to work, do you, like, stake out the ring? Do you just put everyone you have at ringside to, like, do whatever it takes to stop the match? Uh, no, if you're this man, you just wander into the parking lot and say, hey, clowns, I'm paraphrasing once again, come on and get me, come on and fight me man-to-man. So he's out here Brilliant. screaming in the parking lot, clearly a little bit cracked himself. He's got a baseball bat in one hand or a lead pipe or some, some melee weapon. Okay, so he's not a complete idiot. Well, you think that, and there's a part of you that's like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is cool. You know, I, like, I, I respect, again, this is this is another smart wrestler who you know, decides to take the fight to them. And, you know, like the way Jeff Jarrett ran, like, oh, this guy's just going to, like, stand up and say, no, I'm not sneaking around. Come and get me. Come and fight me. And then four clowns walk out from around the corner, each with baseball bats, and they just wall- They just beat him down. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, okay, well, there's four of us, so we're just going to kind of get around you in a circle, and you're going to swing at one, and then the other three are going to hit you, and then you're pretty much down. So you kick the crap out of this guy. <laughs> Leave him on the ground. He can't move. He can't get up. And they all take their clown masks off and throw them on the ground. And it's all the face wrestlers, which I don't think that reveal was necessary, mm. but it was kind of cool. So yeah. It, yeah, it's I AJ like it. Styles, and I think it's uh, Christopher Daniels, and Is one it? or two other pretty classic like TNA staples, right? Like people yeah. who haven't been involved uh, in this Yeah, I don't remember. Was it like point. James Storm and Bobby Roode, maybe? Beer Money? Maybe so. That sounds that right, because Sting is hanging out with them right. in like a, a week or so later. So I think that sounds right. And you're just like, oh, okay. So it's like the boys so it's, thing. It basically it, it sounds like fortune. It's kind of fun to not know who almost. they were, like these goons. But that's cool. You know, that works. Whatever. And then the match starts. And it's a good, you know, it's a good solid match. Sting can still work really well at this point. And the storyline is, oh, no, Immortals, you know, they're out. They're out of people. This is a fair one-on-one match with Sting. All of his wrestlers have, you know, unveiled themselves. And all his cards are on the table. And now all he has to do is win the match, Right. And it's a really solid main event. It's, you know, it's a fun back-and-forth match, but at some point, Sting starts to get the upper hand, and who comes charging down the ramp but the last member of Immortal? It's Bully Ray, and he's got a chain, and he made it through the night unscathed because he was hiding in Eric Bischoff's office the whole time, basically. And he comes charging down the ring, and he's like, hold him up, hold him up, and he starts decking Sting with a chain, like a literal, like, three feet of link chain and he's laying him out and it looks real bad for the stinger and then the lights go out the lights come back up 
and there's one more clown in the ring. And everybody says, the announcer has the line of the night. He says, oh, God, now what? <laughs> that's great. Which is, that's, that's a, a great that's line. Fair. That is. There's a lot of, like, really actually heads-up smart lines in this episode. And the clown lays out Bully Ray. He's got a melee weapon of his own, throws him out of the ring. The lights cut to black again, cut back up. And Anderson is standing alone in the ring. Sting swarms back in, Scorpion Death Drop, one, two, three, and he's got his title back. And he looks at the clown on the ramp, who reveals himself to be none other than Kurt Angle. Yeah. Kurt Angle is the last man. And not only that, but as the episode goes off the air, this is a, this is a genuinely like, this is a really fun episode to watch. As the episode goes off the air, they cap it all off by saying, that's number one contender, Kurt Angle. What is he doing helping Sting? And you're left on this great cliffhanger. Like, wait, why did, Why would Kurt Angle care who wins this title match if he's already won the right to be the number one contender? What's going on here? <laughs> and that's not me saying, like, oh, what's going on here with this booking? Like, this is genuinely a really interesting way to end an episode. And, like, you pick it up the next week. And it's genuine, like, it's still great. Because right now, like, Sting got his title back. We got to see this crazy Joker Sting. And I know, like, I, I'm overlooking some of the crazier, sillier things that he does. But you just got to, like, I, I can't do his performance justice other than to say that it works. And it really shouldn't. But he's got this, again, like, hybrid Joker persona with a little bit of Jim Carrey's Riddler down. So well, and it's been so fun to watch him like go to war with these heel authority figures who are trying so hard to be straight laced. You know, it's like getting to watch a movie where the Joker's the hero, genuinely. And now we move on a little bit because Kurt Angle is the number one contender, but he's every bit the babyface that Sting is. And it's really cool to watch that happen. I think, especially in WWE you don't see a lot of really good face-versus-face feuds. I feel like we could probably count on one hand the amount of great face-versus-face feuds that have ever happened. Just yeah, it's hard to do. They don't seem to know how to tell them, but in this case, it works. Because Sting is, deep down, he's still Sting. Like, he hasn't been cheating to win. He's just a little bit crooked, you know? And Kurt Angle is standing in front of him saying things like, I don't care what your problem with them is. Second best is not good enough for me. And it never has been, not when it came to Olympic medals and not when it comes to this wrestling ring. And I'm fighting you for that title, and I'm going to beat you because I'm better than you. And there's, you know, not really anything Sting can say. He doesn't say, no, I won't fight you. He just says, oh, yeah, we're in a, we're in a bit of a dilemma here, you know, in his weird voice, and it's, it's a weird situation because they'd been pitching this whole build-up to Sting's title feud as, oh, well, whoever holds the title holds all the power, and that's what Sting wants is to give the power back to the people by winning the title. But the week after he wins the title, Immortal comes out, and they're like, hey, you two, uh, this is really cute, and I don't care what kind of dilemma you have, you still have to fight us in a match tonight, and we're still going to be booking all the matches because we're still in charge of the show. So I have a lot of questions about the power structure of total nonstop action wrestling because clearly <laughs> the title means something, 
but it, it doesn't mean you run the show, but all the wrestlers seem to think it does mean you run the show. I don't know if it's a Hall of Fame ring sort of situation where it has like magical powers or why not? Why not? Like at this point, in, in my well. what I said at this point, it might as well. Why not? Why not? Why can't why not, that be a wrestling right? thing? Why can't the title have magical powers? Why not? Right. So anyway, the, the build now moves on to the proper pay per view, which is oh what I literally didn't even write it down, but it sounds like a made up pay per view. Hardcore justice. That's oh, no. what it's called. That's, it sounds, that's definitely one of their pay-per-views. It sounds like a it sounds like an adult pay-per-view. I'm gonna be <laughs> honest. This is hardcore justice. Like uh, starring yeah, Scott Steiner. That's in a yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like a Scott Steiner home video. <laughs> but the build-up again, and I'm glossing over a lot. Like Sting is still, you know, he's taking assaults from. Hulk Hogan backstage, and he's cutting promos on Immortal and Hulk Hogan. There's a great one where he, like, Kurt Angle is trying to get him fired up. And he's like, dude, listen, I, you're Sting and you're great, but I'm pretty sure, like, eight of those guys in the faction you picked a fight with are just going to kick the crap out of us in our tag team main event. So, like, I got to know that I can work with you. And Sting just blows him off. He doesn't give him a serious answer because he's in character. He's thinking about... <laughs> the eye of the stinger, like to the tune of the eye of the tiger. It's really weird. And he's not a good singer, but you know, Hulk Hogan runs into the locker room, beats the crap out of him with his baseball bat and then leaves. So the next week you come back and he's running around chasing Hulk Hogan backstage. At one point he lays out three or four of his minions and says, I want to talk to Hulk Hogan and we're going to hash things out. Cause if there's one thing you need to know about sting, Eh, never mind. And he just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I'm telling I'm so glad you're doing this because now I, I had forgotten about this entire angle from like start to finish. And, and you keep mentioning stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> There's just so many. That's amazing. Like, I had a lot of respect for Sting coming into this angle, but now I have a lot more just because there's so many little things like that that he sells so well. Like if you if you know him as this really stoic, serious persona it's easy to like buy into the idea that he's cracking up and he'll just do little things like that that like in the same promo you will laugh at what he's doing and also think oh man i can't wait to see what he does when he gets in the ring with this guy which is the perfect like that's, that's the what you perfect want joker it's someone you see and you're like you you laugh at and you're scared of at the same time <laughs> and you just can't help it exactly and, uh, you know for all like you could talk for hours and people have about like what makes a good joker but at the end of the day that's all <laughs> we that we have like, listen any of our episodes point. yeah <laughs> like how you how you get to that point doesn't matter and sting does it really well and it's a lot of fun to watch so what we're saying they, what, what 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 i'm getting from all of this and and from uh from everything is we uh we need to get rid of uh, Jared Leto and get rid of um, Joaquin Phoenix and and cast Steve Borden as as the Joker. That's what I'm getting out of all this, dude. I was gonna save this until the end, but I'm just gonna say it now. The funniest part about this is that in literally like in any YouTube video you watch, within three comments there will be at least one person saying, "Hey, it's still better than Jared Leto's Joker," <laughs> which is true. Yeah, they're not wrong. Yeah, it is. That's the and that's like again. I I came into this thinking, oh, this is going to be like this ridiculous and 
probably painfully embarrassing moment for this like great, you know, legendary wrestling performer. And it's like, no, he took what could have been a very dumb thing and he made it work because he's that good of a performer. And yep. that was yep. really impressive to me. Yeah, the best the, be- like, the best performers can take anything and make and make it good. And I mean, exactly. You look at there's so many. I mean, there's a lot of examples of it. I mean, Undertaker is one of the best examples of it. That is a stupid yes. character. It is a stupid character that should never ever work. A guy, an undead character being controlled by a real a little creepy guy with an urn. That's the dumbest character ever. But because yeah. he is so good and so committed to it, it was amazing. It's one of the greatest characters ever. I mean, it's like yeah. there, there's so. I feel like a lot of the best characters. Well, maybe not, but but there's there's many of them that are just really dumb on the surface. But then mm-hmm. you just see, I mean, Chris Jericho to me is another one who's been able to do that a couple of times. Although his is yeah. a little bit more with specific things than characters. The way he's able to get anything he touches over is is insane to me. The fact that he got over the phrase "stupid idiot" still baffles my mind to this day. That is one of the I... dumbest insults, the worst things to say ever. The like the the least creative thing to say ever, and he got it over amazing, and I still don't know how, but that's just how it's good about, he is. Right, like I'm not saying I could do it, but it's like it's in his delivery. It you is. Know? He's it like, is. all right, I'm going to be this really pompous, over the top ass that people are just going to want to see get wrecked, and he, you know, he's like this. Um, he basically, <laughs> I don't think I ever told you this. I was, I was a. Uh, I was showing a friend of mine wrestling when I was first getting into it. And, like, he watched a couple pay-per-views with me, and I try to show it to him again whenever I can. But he was he immediately latched on to Chris Jericho. And he, he doesn't know anything about wrestling, but he was like, I love this guy because he just looks like a dad. Like, he's just some <laughs> weird wannabe rock star dad who decided he could wrestle. And I'm like, that's literally, yes. Yeah, like it's he, close. And he tapped into that so well, and he plays it. So well, and the next time he like at some point when he comes back, he's going to do something completely different, and he's going to get you know, that over. He's doing something different now. His uh, new Japan stuff is something I've never seen crazy, maniacal, vicious heel Jericho ever. I mean, yeah. I, well, well, I mean, I guess he kind of was like that in two thousand and eight when he was the heel during that. But that was even that was different. That was, was more different. of a suit and big words and. And, and, but still, right. it can, still e- an element of evil, but it was different. This is like an unhinged evil Chris Jericho as far as like the all the New Japan stuff. And again, totally different. Like, I don't know how he right. keeps coming up with this stuff. And I, I think part of it and the reason we are way off in the weeds. But we it's are. A good digression. I like this. Because, like, I, I don't even think, like, when Chris Jer- Jericho comes back to WWE, he can't be New Japan Chris Jericho no. because it's TVPG and he can't keep swearing like that. Although that would be very funny. I don't know how <laughs> they would do that. Like it wouldn't work, but yeah, he has to keep reinventing himself. And I just, I didn't think like I knew Sting was great and like a great like backstage guy and like a great worker and a great character and all this stuff. I didn't realize he was that versatile of a performer when I set out to do this. And now, you're going to have to tell me a little bit about how this angle ends, because, like, I, I couldn't, like, just keep following it out forever. I basically tracked it through this match with Kurt Angle, which was, like, what felt like after, after that other main event match, which was also kind of, like, a high point. This was the, one of the best segments that I've 
seen in a wrestling storyline in a long time. And it's the contract signing between Sting and Kurt Angle. And you know how contract signings go in wrestling. They're, they're the most mindless gonna... and dumbest things probably ever. But yeah. They normally are, right? Because it's, it's the go-home show. We're going to write some stuff down. We're going to say one or two more fighting words, which I'm putting in quotes because they're usually pretty dumb and contrived. And then we're going to be, we're going to have a big spot. Somebody's getting put through that table. And please buy the pay-per-view this Sunday. Like, that's, <laughs> that's normally what happens, right? Yeah, that's pretty much this it. Is straight up, and I don't know if you remember it that well, but this is straight up, in my mind, like one of the best contract signings I've ever seen. I don't because remember Because none it. of that happens. There's yeah, no, I don't remember There's it. no heel turn. There's no scuffle. There's no swearing. They, like, they meet in the center of the ring. And it's played like a straight, like a straight UFC fight between like two of the most faciest faces you could ever imagine. And I wrote some of it down. I'm not gonna like try to deliver it verbatim, but Kurt Angle comes out there and he just says, you know, again, second best is not an option for me, not in the Olympics and not here in TNA, but it has to be me. And I'm going you know, to beat you Sunday night because I'm better than you and I respect you and I never would have gotten into this business thing if it weren't for you. But I'm Kurt Angle and I'm taking that title on Sunday night. And it's like, definitely look it up because it's, it's masterful. And like Kurt Angle kind of stumbles over his words a little bit now because he's a little bit older and he's you know, got a little more wear and tear on him. This is one of the best promos I've ever seen him cut. Like straight up, it's just, it, it shouldn't work. It's the most, like, white meat, honorable babyface thing in the world. And you're like, man, I can't wait to see this guy fight. And Sting is sitting there, and he's got the title on his shoulder, and his makeup is still smeared, but he's got sunglasses on. And this is, this is a really interesting moment that I didn't really understand, but I loved it. And it's like, like a switch that had flipped all those months ago after all that fighting with Hulk Hogan just flips back. And he literally he just says, there's no voice. There's no, like, gimmicky, like, body language or, like, mannerisms or kicks. He just says, suddenly I don't feel like laughing too much. And he goes on and he's like, you made me feel like in 25 years of this business I've actually accomplished something. He says to say that, like, I've had an impact on someone as great as you are, Kurt Angle, that means a lot to me. But you know what means more to me is this title. And he goes on and he's... it's, it's a great, like, babyface defending promo, and it's played totally straight. Like, it's just, all the, like, madness and, like, insecurity and whatever he's been dealing with is just gone. And he's like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're going to have to kill me, but you're going to have to come real close, Kurt, because I'm going to win this match. And then the show, in, you know, like, it fades out, and they're like, tune in Sunday, and you're like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Again, I, I can't do it full justice especially like over the phone and like just looking at the quotes that i have written down it's a great closing segment and it's not like a cheap twist or a cheap pop it's two very real like character driven it it feels like a real fight it makes the title feel so important and not in a dumb like i'm going to control the company way just like a i've been working my whole life to be the best in the world in this business and this is what that means. And it's really, really cool. Like, I loved it. And that was the kind of the high point of this feud, because yeah. you go on to the pay-per-view, uh, Kurt Angle cheats to win. It turns out he was aligned with Hulk Hogan the whole time. Of course. And now he's a bad guy with a title, and Sting is still going after him. But then the next night, 
he calls out Hulk Hogan, and Ric Flair comes out. And at this point, <laughs> I said, okay, I can't, like, I can't follow the entire history of TNA. Yeah. It's just, it, the last thing I watched was Ric Flair coming out to the ring, challenging Joker's thing, and saying, hey, I tell you what, uh, I'm not Hulk Hogan, and I haven't been here for the last two months, but I tell you what, if you beat me, then I'll give you Hulk Hogan on a silver platter. And if I beat you, then you have to retire. Of course. And Sting takes his trench coat off, and Ric Flair's like, now don't kick my ass now. That's a quote, verbatim. Just give me a, just give me a yes or no. Just tell me. And Sting's like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> and that is the point where oh, I... Oh, man. Yeah, that's I a little said, rough. okay, I'm not. I can't. We're just getting off into the weeds now. And yeah. I don't... Like, do you... But he was still Joker Sting at this point. Do you know anything about like? Yeah, I when he stopped. I had forgotten what it was, was there... but I just looked it up, and I I, I remember now how it ended. Um, okay. Because again, there, like, I I forgot about the storyline justification. Yes, for yes. Okay. Like the whole because because um, going back to the beginning, of the Joker Sting. What was what what drove him to that point? You just talked about it. Just the fact that he's been dealing with Hogan and Bischoff it was Ho- and trying to no, overthrow it, it was, Mortal, it was Hogan. Hogan specifically. Because yeah. he wanted okay. Hulk Hogan to come out. That was the kind of the whole catalyst for the Joker sting, and that's how it ended. So he, he, um, he, the whole time he's trying to get Hulk Hogan to not be this evil Hollywood Hogan. He's trying to get Hulk right. Hogan back. That's, that's right. how like this character face. started. Right. And so at Bound for Glory... They had they ended up having a match finally. It was a uh, Sting <laughs> Sting and Hogan, and um, Sting Sting defeats him in the pay per view. Um, and th- this you literally could have you should have just kept going a little bit farther because this happened right after the Ric Flair match. Like that that I led into I didn't this. Trust that it wouldn't go on for like three more years. Yeah, you know. No, no, no. You were you were close to the end. Um, hey, right okay, after the well, Ric Flair stuff. Look it up. I'm gonna then look it up soon. They had a match at Bound for Glory. Sting beats him, and at the end of the match, you know, all of Immortal comes out and starts just destroying Sting. And Sting is sitting. This think Return of the Jedi. Sting is sitting yeah, there and I was getting literally about to say that and getting beat up and is begging yeah. Hulk Hogan to come back and and help him. So then Hogan snaps, turns back, and turns face, beats up his guys, saves Sting. And um, turns good, and then the Joker Sting had accomplished what he had done. So, th- you know, so then at so then later the normal Sting comes back like the next week on Impact, and then he, he ab- then he ended up being the general manager of Impact for a while after that. But that, that's how it ended. That's incredible, and I hate that I missed it and I wasn't able to like track it any further. Yeah, I just I kind of ran out of time, but I was also like it felt like one of those moments where a wrestler's like, I'm going to get my title back as soon as I finish this side feud, and then you just forget about it. <laughs> right, right. That's literally what I thought was about to happen, so I was like, I can't, I can't No, there, there was an actual ending, and it actually ends well. Man, that's, I've got to tell you, I, I came into this episode thinking this is going to be, like, hard to get through, because this seems really embarrassing. And not only does Sting, like, crush it as Joker Sting, and again, if you haven't seen any of these videos, or if you haven't watched them in a while go look them up, because I can't do his performance justice the way I'd like to, 
but it's good. It's It should not work at all, and it does. And that's like the highest compliment I can give him here. But not only does he crush the performance, this is an actual wrestling storyline that's resolved really, really well. And that's amazing because that almost That is never so happened. rare. It's so rare. Like there was a clear I, – I, that seems like the kind of thing that they knew from the start they were going to do. And there's an actual beginning, middle, and end. And there's like a climax for this character. And it, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes whenever I see that happen in actual wrestling, I just have to stop watching for a while. Because <laughs> you're like, all right, look, they can't, it can't be that good tomorrow night. Like, there's just no way, you know? Right. But the fact that they were able to do that in the first place is honestly amazing. And I'll say it now, like, say what you will about Hulk Hogan, and he seems like a pretty garbage human being, but a lot of these moments in wrestling do revolve around him, whether that's just because of the larger-than-life persona that he has, you know, selfishly built up for himself or whatever. Like, I'm not trying to get into all that. But it reminds me a lot of, like, WrestleMania 18 with The Rock and Hogan, which is one of my favorite matches of all time. Just seeing that kind of magic happen with a crowd that's willing to buy into it. And this is probably, you know, it's not as cool as if it had been in WWE or WCW, but that's a really satisfying storytelling moment. And I know, like, the kind of unofficial tagline of this podcast is, like the wrestling things you're embarrassed to like explain to your friends who know you watch wrestling. This is honestly one of the good ones. And I did not expect that at all going into it. And this is the second week in a row that I've said, man, I really need to watch more TNA. Yeah, you do. And I never thought I'd be in that spot. Yeah, no TNA TNA is for, for the faults it had and and has had, um, no TNA has got some great stuff for sure. Uh, really, really good stuff in there. Um, you got to you got to sort through some stuff uh, every now and then. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but it definitely it definitely is not something to be just forgotten or, or ignored. Yeah, that's for sure. I think it's a little bit easier to say that now that the company's turned the corner a little bit too. True, and that, might, that is true. It's never going to be like on the level of WWE, at least not for you know years, like forever. But. It's another good option now, and I think that's yeah. made it a lot easier for people to say, "Look, you really need to go back and check out some of this stuff." Yeah, the history of TNA is awesome. I would highly recommend going back and and going through several different angles of TNA from 2002 when it started through about 2012 or 13. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, this was in 11, so that's yeah, about right. There, there's some good, there's some really good stuff in there for sure, and, and maybe not even just angles, but just match wise. There's some, I mean, just the performers yeah. in that company are just some of the best ever, and they are. I mean, and you have AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, you know, uh, Bobby Roode, James Storm, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian. I mean, these are all people that, for a very long extended t- period of time, were the staples of TNA. And, yeah. and you know, and then you throw in you know the Kurt Angles, the the Christians, and some other you know the Jeff Hardys and some of those people that then came over as well. And it, there's some yeah. great stuff. And this was a cool moment for me. Like as yeah, I'm obviously mostly WWE. That's ninety percent of the wrestling that I do watch. But it was a really cool moment for me as someone who's normally only in that bubble. When I see someone like you know like Sting had his little run in WWE, and I was like man, that was a lot of fun. And it sucks that 
he didn't wrestle anymore. Yeah. Between like, you know, the prime time of WCW now, and I see someone like Kurt Angle. And it's like, man, this is really cool that he's back and he's still a lot of fun, but it sucks that there's nothing he did between now and when he left the company. And this is the moment where we're like, no, there is. Like, that oh, was yeah. out there, and these guys were healthy and working and doing some really good stuff that I think a lot of people, especially if you're WWE-centric like I am and kind of new to this whole thing, just forget or overlook completely. And that's, that sucks. Yeah, definitely. There, there's, there's stuff in there. For sure, yeah, and just because some of these people were gone from WWE definitely did not mean that they were not doing anything, and and some of it's definitely worth uh, checking out for sure. So yeah, that was a solid. Absolutely. That was a solid topic. Yeah, I'm really happy with it because uh, you know most of the time we kind of think about the dumb stuff or the silly stuff, and this was the kind of thing that I which did is, not expect to but be but good. also I'm was also good. really glad you know how it ends. Because yeah. we really would have pissed some people off <laughs> if we just completely whiffed on that Right, one. right. So I'm glad you're experienced with it a little bit. I, I should have kept going, but I literally just didn't, like, I didn't even think about it. I just, as soon as Ric Flair came out, I was like, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. That's fair. I can't do this. That's fair. <laughs> Man, now I got to top that next week. It's going to be tough. It's gonna, that's going to be a tough uh, one. It's going to be a tough one to top. I have faith in you, buddy. Oh, me too. But uh, also, how weird is it that we just found out Khabib wrestled there like two weeks after that episode? <laughs> I know. I saw that today on Twitter. I was like, oh, man, I wish I had known that during, during the episode. I would have thrown that in there. As a kid, I he's know. wrestling a baby bear. It's That's... like, good gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's like, no wonder he beat Connor. <laughs> right. Well, no I wonder mean, he's undefeated. Good, I mean, right. Well, exactly. Like, yeah, you're not. If you can't punch him in the head and knock him down, then it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that was great. It, it, I love I love when stuff like that happens. When it's like, oh, we just talked about this and then oh, look, it's relevant. Like, oh, that's the best. That's the best feeling. It is. Anyway. But yeah, solid episode. Solid episode for sure. Another another week, another week down. And um thank you guys for listening to this episode of Behind the Gorilla. If you want, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, we have a few on there, but always looking for more, so that that's always helpful. And then if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail, anything, uh, send them to us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. Uh, we'd be more than happy to argue or uh, thank you for anything that you, that, that you send our way. Um, and, yeah, I talked about it earlier, but go ahead and check, check out my other podcast, if you're uh, into Batman at all, the Uncaped Crusaders review with me and my friend Ian going through and reviewing every single Batman movie ever. We're recording commentary tracks for every one. We just finished Mask of the Phantasms. That's up now. And then we're going to do uh, Batman Forever. That's coming up on Friday, um, our commentary of that. So make sure and check that out on right, Twitter cool. at Uncaped Review. And also it's on iTunes and Google Play and every everything else. Um so yeah, that'll uh, that'll do it for this week. And so um, I'm Mark, and I'm Harris, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.